G'day and welcome to Radio Notes, where those in music talk life and those in life chat music and more. I'm John Merch. While I get to choose every guest who is on this very show, sometimes there's a captain's pick, someone I want to know and hear more from. And from hearing the first single I ever heard from this very band, I want to know a little bit more about them, where they're based, and the future music they'll be releasing. This is also one of the first chats in the new studios, so maybe I didn't achieve everything I wanted to, but I hope you enjoy listening to and discovering a brand new band possibly for the first time, like I did whilst having this conversation. Blushface's debut album is called What Do You Want? On the back of their latest single, Had To, Billy, Drew, Evan and Ali joined Radio Notes from Richmond, Virginia for this chat. They started by explaining how the band started. Folks, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Definitely started with Drew and I. We were both playing an open mic show. Um, He was doing an acoustic set, so was I. And I asked you, or you said... You actually played electric guitar. Okay. Solo still, but and you were like, and I I asked if you'd ever play with a drummer because I could really, especially on electric guitar, I really hear drums behind that, you know, adding adding a lot to it. So I asked you, and you said, well, yeah, kind of before, but you know, not in a while. And um, I'd be interested. Yeah, and I was like, I kind of play drums. Yeah, were you even so. playing drums for them? No, I mean, I I hadn't suitcase thing. I hadn't played drums really. I was in a band in high school. You know, we got all got busy like, uh, later in high school and didn't play much anymore. And um, went to college. You know, drums are a hard instrument to bring with you somewhere and play. I really never touched them much except when I was back home sometimes. And so in your mom's attic. Yes. And so then <laughs> okay. when when I I feel like it, that's why I, I wasn't trying to overcommit and be like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a great drummer. Like let's play together. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, I kind of. Like, yeah. We should try, you know? Yeah. What was the coffee shop experience about? Why were you playing coffee shops? Is that what you do in Richmond, Virginia? Yeah, that is what you do. Um, there's a lot of singer-songwriter open mic nights and small, like, boutiques that will have shows. And that's what I had been doing since college, moving to Richmond. So wanted to be on a stage and with electric and with some people to back me up to be in a crew together. Yeah said that you'd moved to Richmond. What was the move about? Was it moving just from like another suburb, another country? It was for school, yeah. I've always lived in Virginia, but I've moved from a small town called Roanoke to Richmond to go to school. Billy, when did you join the band? After the rec- the first record had all been recorded. or So I played a show with Allie and Drew when they were still a trio with Chris Carey on the original bassist. And Chris was out of town and I said, sure, I'll fill in on bass. And I learned all the songs. They had been working on the song um, on uh, Love for a Ghost at the time. And I kind of helped like sculpt that song a little bit. So even though I wasn't in the band at the time, I kind of helped give that song some shape. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then when Chris moved away for good, I started playing bass with the band. And my background is, I guess I'm the most like classically trained of the group. I took piano lessons for 15 years and I've done a lot of like jazz work as well, and I play keyboard. How much does that jazz background and maybe improvisation, maybe not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, play into that blush face sound? I feel like there's times when, when Ali might harmonically be dreaming of a chord, 
and I can help figure out what that chord is. Yeah. So I do that a lot for the band. Definitely. You know, like, oh, this might be a, you know, E flat six chord or something like that. Just based on what Ali's singing or what she's kind of like playing on the guitar. Yeah, definitely yeah. that. Very collaborative process making the EP. Like we all like kind of did all the multi-instrumentation as well as like we all contributed parts for the orchestral bits as well. You know, Evan wrote some of the parts, I wrote some of the parts, Ali wrote some of the parts. Who's responsible for the 5-4 in Hat 2? Well, I'd say both of y'all, right? We, yeah. we kind of just wanted to... Billy and it, it started with a demo and we kind of actually like almost got the whole song through that first demo. But I think, Ali, were you like listening to a turn signal or something and you're coming along to the turn signal click? That makes sense because it yeah. started as a voice memo on my phone, I think, but um, yeah. it's also just something we kind of wanted to conquer as a band. <laughs> yeah. Just, just let's do a whole song in 5 4 and see. Yeah, we've never done it before. I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it's Billie Eilish sampled yeah. a pedestrian, so not the traffic, but the pedestrian sound. Uh, on one of their hit songs here in Sydney, Australia. Before I forget, for the Phil, and I, I hope Billy doesn't mind me mentioning the, the former bassist, but for the farewell well of that bassist, the X-Files got involved. Chris loves the X-Files. Mm-hmm. He's obsessed with X-Files, and I was too growing up. It was like one of my favourite shows, and so I don't even know if it was my idea, but we're like, we got a hint, the X-Files You're- theme. Uh, it had come up before because you're with your pedal board. Yeah, my pedal board gets he, that weird. He at one point had some sounds and I yeah. think we were all kind of like, whoa, that was sort of X-Files. Yeah. Working on this song for Chris and... Uh, His dog's and, name is Scully. <laughs> and I think it just kind of formed out of that. And Ali kind of wrote the bass, or most of the song, we just, I threw in the X-Files hints here and there and it kind of like worked really well somehow yeah. for the song. I think I changed the key to make it fit more, but it somehow worked super well. And I don't even know if that's what Ali was thinking originally. That's kind of how we work sometimes. We'll just throw in some weird things and it works. Well, to you, Ali, what's your favorite unsolved mystery? Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, I love aliens. Um, We all love aliens. You know, UFOs. We talk about the pyramids a lot with Billy. (laughs) Billy knows a lot about the um, ancient Egypt, Egyptian pyramids. Yeah, I love Egypt. So that's a conversation we have often. <laughs> well, Billy, do you think there is a connection between the pyramids and alien life form? I do not. not. <laughs> I, I, have, I, I really do believe in extraterrestrial life and such, but I think that the history of the Egyptians probably goes back much further and deeper than our history acknowledges. I think they were made by humans, but I think that that effort should be respected and revered <laughs> as opposed to being like, we don't know how they did it, so it must have been aliens, you know. But I mean, I'm team aliens too, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Definitely. So I have taken the quiz on the website. I'm not a Billy, I'm an Evan. You're an Evan. Oh wow, yeah. I don't know, not, not many people get Evan. I am, wow, flattered. What, what's happening? I did pause at one of the ice creams. I do remember going, do I go there or don't I go there? Ice cream for you, Evan, what's the go-to ice cream? Well, I said mochi, um, but go-to ice cream would be ch- uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Big fan, Evan, of the fried ice creams. You know what? That is my exact favorite ice cream. Thank you. That's it. The fried <laughs> ice cream that you get at, like, sushi places. Love that. Are you just playing now? No, I don't think so. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> well, and the fried banana, too. Talk to me about the mastering process, because that lands us, I think, in San Diego, California, with Sam and Aaron. Who was involved? Does anybody have... 
the, the scoop on what Mitch told us about rose quartz mastering? I think that our mixer just has kind of established rapport with them. Yes, he had a, he connected us to them and said that this would be a great option if you guys wanted to do that. Mitch Clem, who recorded our album, our newest EP, recommended them. He's working on some construction, he's moving his studio, and he really respected them, and we really respect him. So we're like, sure, and yeah. we really like what we heard. The thing was, is the final mixes were like really close. Yeah. So the mastering was easy. Yeah. You know? yeah. Let's talk about Mitch Clem of Go West Studio. Me and friends and everyone's included in this. We are a part of a film collective called Good Day RVA. And it's kind of a Richmond based collective. And we have live music videos that we record in very unique places around Richmond to highlight Richmond's beauty, historically or, or modern stuff. And Mitch Clem was our sound guy always did an amazing job. And then I heard they were moving to Richmond and opening a studio and I was like, hey, this may be a good route for us to go because there's a lot of really good recording options in town. It was really a tough decision, but I'm really happy that we went yeah. with Mitch. And now he's become, you know, a vital part of our mm -hmm. endeavor. It seems like he's getting pretty busy. Yeah. And then Billy did his album right. with Mitch too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mitch is very laid back and he lets the band dictate how the band sounds. Yeah. You know, he'll offer his input as far as, you know, we can't decide which take was better. He'd say, yeah, you know, I like the second one. He's very like sure about what, you know, what he thinks, but he's not like getting in the middle of every band conversation. He like let us work it out yeah. and essentially like produce it ourselves. And, you know, maybe on one or two songs, we said we didn't want to do it to a click which, you know, many engineers would say, you should do it to a click. But he was like, cool, you're a punk band, like, we'll do it not to a click. And uh, yeah, it sounded great. And, you know, there was just so much to work with in that mix, all the horns and the strings yeah. and the thumb pianos. Yeah. And, you know, you have to make yeah. some sacrifices. But I mean, I think that he did a wonderful job. There's up to a dozen or so musicians just on the recording of Had To across it, various instrumentations, at least a dozen wow. instrumentations, let's say, if not that many people involved. You know, we've always played live as a three or four piece, four piece once Evan joined. And so, you know, for the majority of the time, it's only been us four and there's a lot of space there in a good way, but Ali's genius just comes to filling that space with, with a lot of, do, 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 yes, do, do, do. little, I mean, just little yeah. things that, <laughs> little that, become, that yeah. become something. With, I mean, it's probably been three or four years that you, we first start, I mean, Actually, when we first started playing, I think you your dream was to have strings on a record. Oh yeah, and because you used to play violin growing up, so there's there's kind of a connection there. But I think it was a very natural expansion of a four piece sound because there was that space. So having her melodic little bits and pieces just filled that out. Ali, as the songwriter as well, stated by Ben Rees, it's hopes unrealised is what's popped out, some of the thematics of it. Obviously, you've lived a life between 2016, 2017, when that first album came out, to now. Has there been a change of lyrical input for you, or are you still in that same sad space when it comes to lyrics of this particular band? I think that that's a really good question. I've never really seen it as sad, mm. hopes unrealized. Um, I think it's more a thing of acceptance. Like, that's where my headspace was at when I was thinking about the lyrics. Realizing that, yeah, it's not like the way I wanted it to work out maybe, but it is what it is now. And that's kind of beautiful that I'm, I'm here in this space now and this is how it is. And 
it's kind of nice to just like fall in love with that feeling and be comfortable in that. So yeah, after a pandemic though, the song definitely does have a different tone, kind of like, to me, the song feels like coming out of something that you've had to undertake and, and realize and understand. It's beautiful in that way, kind of relates to that. For the film clip for Flannelette Shirt, that is a Zoom type recording. We're seeing a few of those kind of music clips. I'm wondering whether or not Flannelette Shirt will get its own new film clip or are you very much liking the quaintness of doing a Zoom music video? I like it. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, we thought it kind of fit the times, zeitgeist. It's, it kind of captures the moment too because we hadn't seen each other in person in months when, in probably, months when yeah. we recorded that. Yeah, so... Now, in Australia, we call the flannelette shirt the flanny, and a lot of us bogans like wearing it. When Blushface is talking about the flanny, the flannelette shirt, what context are you referring it to? Borrowing my friend's car, and I was having a moment of, like, uh, exhaustion and frustration, and I did park my car by this lake called Bird Lake here in Richmond, and... I was just like sobbing and I needed a tissue or something and I looked in the back of the car and there was this flannel shirt and so I just kind of grabbed it and like, you know, kind of covered myself because there was people walking by by this lake and I just wanted to be in my own element and so it's quite literal in that sense. We speak a lot about Richmond, Virginia, that is where you're based and joining us today. I know next to zip about it. What is so special about it, and will you stay there? Well, I guess I'm, like, originally from the furthest away. I'm from New York, like, right outside New York City. I love cities. I love New York, and I came down to Virginia for school, moved to California, came back, and had a lot of friends from school in Richmond. And I remember, like, visiting Richmond, and so I was in Berkeley in California. I'm like, I'm getting Berkeley vibes when I come here, which is a good thing, which is a really good thing, like, very hip very like huge, vibrant art scene. Like that's what I was really looking for and I got it when I moved here. I'm like community. continually blown away, like very vibrant music on an art community, um, very supportive people. I love it. And so I, at some point I had a, a basement venue for house shows and that's kind of how Blushface played a lot in the early days. Mm. It lasted about two years. It was called Good Day RVA House. And it just reinforced that like sense of community and like trust and letting people sing, letting people play their music like unabashedly. Yeah, there's a lot of just like old homes. It's still like fairly affordable. I just know like the art school is really, it yeah. just, there's a lot of productive graduates from the art school here. And yeah. yeah, there's just a lot of bands and you go to shows and sometimes we'll play shows for, you know, 100, 200 people and they're all our friends. It's just like, mm -hmm. just per capita, there's just like a lot of really great people here. As a city too, I mean, you can you can drive an hour and a half and be at the beach, and you can drive an hour and a half in the opposite direction and be in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And you can drive an hour and a half north and be in Washington D.C. Ten it's, minutes from the river, there's a huge river yeah, that yeah, goes right massive through the river city. system that runs through the city. And there's great nature trails mm -hmm. for yeah. Richmond will always have a place in my heart because it's where I kind of found myself after high school. You know, in my college days and found a community, found um, my people, and yeah, I love it. Evan, I want to get back to that basement for where those gigs were happening. That You did do a couple of outdoor shows. Can you talk to us about that, bringing the music from the basement into things like wineries and breweries and those kind of atmospheres? 
Yeah, wow, yeah, you did your research. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Good Day Arts, as I mentioned before, is a film collective, and we started out just everyone's doing it for the passion, you know, not paid or anything, just for the love of the game. We became a nonprofit very soon, but what we did, we focused on just live music videos, like very <laughs> heavily produced, but, you know, have like 10 camera people and have the band place them somewhere very unique, and it became that. And then it, then we, a few of us that started the collective started living together. And we had a basement, and we're like, hmm, this could work for a venue, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it did for two years. And then we also had an annual festival. So we generally did that at um, Hardywood Brewery, and we did it the last one at Gallery 5. And we plan to do more, just, you know, we're taking a little break from the Rona. Speaking about Hardywood Brewery, I want to take you back to 2017. In fact, I want to take you back 20 years ago to the Oscars of 2001. Did you see Björk wearing that costume then? 2001, I didn't see it live. I was. I did. I saw. You it live. saw it live. I saw it live. Okay, yeah. I did not nice. see it live. I, I learned it. about it later. <laughs> <laughs> Why that inspiration for the 2017 October Halloween show? We all love Björk. Uh, the Sugar Cubes is more like retro, old school Björk that we liked to listen to. And that song is just great. And we were trying to come up with uh, some Halloween costumes. And I have this friend who is a brilliant seamstress costume maker. And she said that she'd be down to make the dress for me if only she could have it (laughs) after. So I was like, yes, that'd be great. So that's how it happened. And then Cloud Man and Sun Man. And Earth Man. Nature Boy. Nature Boy. Boy. That's, that's the costumes we went with. What do you folks find about Björk that is so appealing? Is it that era of the sugar cubes and that magical land that they were part of? She's so special just in interviews, just the way her brain works, the things she mentions. I think she's very special and her music has a special place in my heart too for that. I just saw a cool clip of her the other day where she was like, it was her home studio, but it was just like an empty room with like a four track on a floor and like a drum machine and like some tangled nice. cables and speakers. And I was like, oh, I totally connect to that. There's like cool. a raw She's, creativity. Exactly. Like just capture, just capture it all. Yeah. Pour it everything. Yeah. I love Dancer in the Dark too. <clears throat> just like kind of theatrical performance and just uh, something yeah. that's just so emotive about her, about mm-hmm. her voice and also just about her being. So emotive. I'm a fan. I think I um, I like to take inspiration from everywhere. I will say the '80s drum sound is probably my least favorite drum sound of all time. The gated reverb, which costs like a million dollars to it. But beside, and, and I'm not I'm not uh, actually necessarily pointing fingers at York for that. But I I think my influences are kind of different personally and so I have enjoyed um, kind of being exposed to some some more through all of these guys. Drew can you start us off with influences? Oh man yeah if I had to pick favorite band of all time it'd be the band in high school I was really into to Bob Dylan and and all you know basically 60s sound and it honestly took me you know I got into that phase where um, I think 
you know, being like 12 years old, 13 years old, and kind of thinking people who listen to modern music are, you know, don't know what real good music is and stuff. I think I had like a very brief phase of that. And then I found Ray LaMontagne, who's an American kind of folk Americana type singer. And I realized I really, really liked that. And it almost led me down a rabbit hole of modern music that I love. So I've since definitely got a lot more influences, but yeah, I really started there. How about you, Billy? I've been recently really getting into the band for the first time. I absolutely love it. I kind of like missed it growing up for some reason. I love Bob Dylan as well. I'm really into like 90s slacker rock, like Pavement. Pavement is one of my all-time favorite groups. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as like contemporary stuff, I like car seat headrest a lot. A lot of hip hop school. What was cool about Pavement is they had only five records, but they have like 20 albums worth of material. So a lot of their best stuff is like the B-sides. They just like recorded every single little fragment. And some of them are so funny. And like, there's a song called I Love Perth, which is really good. You should check that one out. I've just that got their like, CDs here. I'm just having a look. So I like yeah. Perth. Okay. All right. I Love Perth. That's a, that's a wowie zowie B-side, I think. That song is like 50 seconds long and it's so catchy. <laughs> it's like perfect. I'm not sure if I've got time for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Evan? Oh, um, I, I try like I try to think of like when I join the band, what I hear from the band. One big one is the Pixies. Yes. Um, and you not hear it, but in like the no, I do. I is there consciously some Kim deal that you're hearing in Ali or trying to get out of Ali from your your musical input? That's a great question. <laughs> Unconsciously, I, I think you're right, but who am I to self-analyze? I'm thinking that, yeah, there's definitely something there with Kim and Allie, but I don't think Allie's aware of that as much as I'm trying to play. Oh, are we not meant to tell Allie that? that Which is fine, but (laughs) definitely. I'm I'm trying to do Pixie's guitar all the way around. But Allie does do that, especially in some songs. And I know Billy is a massive Sonic Youth fan, and I'm a big fan too, but Billy's the biggest. Yeah, I'm also a massive Pixies fan, so I I know what you mean. Well, there's like a kind of asymmetry to their song structures that I think that Bushface does. Not as formulaic. Amorphous, yeah, they're more about where they're going. Right. Who else are some of those influences, Evan, before I interrupted you rudely with my Kim Deal thoughts? Oh, you're fine, you're fine. I remember first hearing Allie and hearing some Jeff Buckley, and I'm a massive Jeff Buckley fan, so I kind of try to bring a little of that, like tenderness, mm-hmm. but then when it gets hard, like roughness. So I'm trying to like be as dynamic as possible, I guess, with a lot of the way I come to these songs. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one, Jeff Buckley. And for contemporaries, there's one band I really am into now called The Weather Station. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they just put out this amazing album, and I want to write songs like more in that vein. Ali, lastly to you, before we move away from this influence question, which I know with gritted teeth, you're going, yeah, I get asked that every time, John. If you ask me, I'm going to shoot you. So influences. Yeah, for sure. I have a very big theater background. I started auditioning for theater musicals when I was really little. So I think a lot of influence comes from theater and being very theatrical with my voice. Stage theater, where I grew up, there was this one theater in particular called Mill Mountain Theater. And they had they would bring down actors from New York, but then have the kids audition locally. And so I was in a lot of productions in that company. 
also, you know, in high school, I listened to Regina Spector, Fiona Apple, all the singer-songwriters. I really love Angel Olsen, of all of her stuff and her new stuff, too. Let's talk about the latest single. It's called Had To, and from it, there is some graphic design work. Who's up for talking about a guy called Will Paxton of Photo Chrome Design? Oh, he's actually in the room right now, but I don't know if he's prepared to talk about it. Joining us oh. now on the line, Ally Groover, you look lovely. Black. How goes it? Black, a member of the band. Joining us now is Will Paxton of Photochrome Design. You've got a violet rose in the corner. Uh, this is a bit of a teaser to the Had To single that will be out by the time this chat is. So talk to us about the visual elements of putting forward the Had To and the blush face sound. Sure. Well, I know that Allie likes to put little secrets and everything, so I thought I might kind of uh, mimic that thing that she likes to do just build this kind of mysterious story really with all of the elements and maybe like a code that someone who really cares might be able to decipher <laughs> or create on their own. Who knows? How much uh, just generally in your life, Will, and I don't know if it's relevant or not, I'm asking you just off the top of my head, how important are secrets of that nature in relationships? Well, I do know that secrets are no fun and they might hurt somebody mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, sometimes they add a little bit of spice as well and a little bit of intrigue i am a person who is really detail oriented and i always look for those little things around the seams of a piece of work or something so i like to leave little things there for other people who look like i do as all well. right well let's talk about more about photo crime design before we let you go will what is the ethos or the philosophy that uh, your work is based upon generally um with photochrome that's uh, my business kind of tried to synthesize being true to myself but still making a living as far as the blush face album art goes ali just let me have free reign which kind of had her scared for a little bit, I think, on uh, some of the fantasy elements because it's kind of like pulling something from um, something that maybe seems a little far away from like the blush face story that gets told a lot of times. But I kind of like the interaction of those two uh, distant but related elements. What's your favorite song from Blushface? Is there a particular tune that you can't get enough of? And it doesn't have to be had to, which you've probably been listening to a lot to get the design, right? Is there a particular song that, that you dig from Blushface? My favorite song is Libby. Oh, wow. Ooh. Which you may not have heard yet. Which is uh, forthcoming, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm so lucky enough to get uh, the early listens to a lot of these. Have we name-dropped a song that will be on this EP? Yes. There is a bit of a, a demo teaser in the lock section of the website. Thanks for your time. That's Will Paxton of Photochrome Design. Billy, welcome back. Hey, Billy. Yeah, Will. <laughs> Let's talk about the website. This is something that's been done from the ground up from the band. Wanted it to feel more nostalgic and make it look a little more different and special. So I went back to my childhood in, you know, the early days of, the internet with the gifts and the the interactive parts of it. I have one word for you, GeoCities. GeoCities. Yeah. Geo -cities. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was there. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's exactly that yeah, I want to make something fun. <laughs> pioneers. We're all pioneers of the internet. 
Let's never forget that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just writing that in my ICQ now. If you find the hidden password, you can access some phone voice memos that uh, some of the songs have made it into Blushface songs. Some of them have not yet made it into Blushface songs. Get that sense, even though the lyrics might be hopes unrealized, quoting that quote again, but there is a lot of fun and playfulness with you. Billy, what's your favorite, maybe it was before your time, I don't know, what's your favorite moment on the road with Russface? Uh, Russ wow. wow. Yeah, there were a couple of stretches of highway where a car would pull up next to us, some nice car. <laughs> there, there was one particular time where like, yeah, this Lexus pulled up to us and we could, the, the windows are just so big and open in the, in the van, you can see 360 out of it. This person in the car next to us, mm. like just her, stuck her nose up so, <laughs> so visibly at us. Was like was just offended. grossed out by yeah. how, how a rusty air van and uh, sped off. <laughs> and looking in the back and seeing four of us in there just, you know, driving. With all, yeah, I mean, it's... The best is uh, pulling into Brooklyn or pulling to Manhattan whenever we went in there. Yeah. Just instantly, you know, you get off the highway, instantly there's hundreds of eyes just... Yeah. Like, laughing like, some are, like, that playful, that some are, like, yeah. judgy. Very, very rusty. And yeah. very old. It was an old church van, but we loved it. Makes a lot of noise. Iconic. It is, it is pretty decrepit. I think the... The spectacle is not seeing this van going down the road, which I think is, it is a spectacle of its own, but like looking back and like, again, clearly seeing four of us sitting in there, like, you know, they probably spot us and go, I don't think they're like, you know, they're, they're, they're not like from a, this a painting company going, <laughs> going to their next job. And we just, I thought the spectacle yeah. you're going to say is when we try to turn well, it that, on. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good takes spectacle. It takes yeah. a many. There's many a, turns. there's a, a moment of faith for all of us where, yeah. Like eight seconds into a, the cranking yeah. engine, yeah. it kicks We're on. Please. Yeah. And it works every time. Yeah. You guys have done over 100 shows. So Russ Face has done a bit of a tour, I'm assuming, within those times, getting from gig to gig. How's she doing? Is she still surviving? She's great. Yeah. Um, she, so it's actually my, my old boss's van that he continuously offers up for us if we ever need to move yeah. or go on tour or whatever. And it's parked a couple blocks down the street. And so sometimes when I'm going on walks, I'll see Rest Face and I'll do a little photo shoot with oh, Rest license, Face. The license recently. And, yeah. and he, yes, he got the license changed to say Rust Face. <laughs> so. so legally, Rust Face is Rust Face. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, the license plate, I think it's RST, FCE, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's that one thing that you must do that's fun as a band? We do a lot of campfire hangs. Yeah, a lot of fire. That's probably... The way we hang out most, honestly. We, we kind of collapse on the ground sometimes when we're playing live. Oh, yeah. We all oh, fall yeah. over. That is a playful time. We just are all kind of going at it. It's crazy as possible. Yeah. yeah, it's good. But, and some of that stuff doesn't get captured so much on our album and stuff, but I like how, like, live we can offer a little more than what you'd expect just by yeah. listening. Mm-hmm. Who's been some of those yeah. favorite bands? Keeping in the mind the idea of fun, so we're not negating other bands that may be you know even more fave but in terms of fun what are some of those fun bands that you've got the chance to tour with even if we didn't make the greatest music on the night we had some real good times doll baby doll baby doll baby we love doll baby we love spooky cool illiterate light illiterate light is recently blown up 
but they're definitely one that inspires us. Perform we as a at duo. Each other's houses a couple yeah. times, you know, on tour. Go go to the, see the farm over there, like yeah. make breakfast. I mean, just Meet we've got cows. a lot of musician friends who are so hospitable that yeah. a lot of times the fun that we have is like, yeah. I mean, we've we've never rented a place to stay. We've always stayed with somebody we we know or have just Not met or you know yeah. in a city. So lots of community that way, but. Um, it, it keeps it fun because you're every night is or it, it, that we've done that is you're with yeah. somebody new and you're in a new place. It kind of brings us me back to my youth too, like sleepovers, like you know where we're all just in the same room sleeping in like in separate sleeping bags. That's like, the most fun. thing It's we fun. Do There's something very giddy about fights. that energy. Yeah. <laughs> really like youthful, playful energy with those kind of moments. In wrapping up, let's get to this new EP because when it's released, this chat, it's going to be very close because I feel like the EP is going to come out in 2021 sometime with two singles. The latest one had to and Flannelette Shirt Ori out and about. So talk to us about the EP, where it's at. Maybe it has a name. Maybe you can't reveal that yet. Oh, I don't mind telling you the name. It'll be called Mirage Island EP, which is a reference in Flannel Shirt, the single. Mirage Island. Basically where it's at now is we have one more song that is mostly me and Billy on piano. And then maybe a little of the whole band comes in at the end. That's the last thing we need to get done. Going from that full instrumental, as we said, a dozen different sort of sounds on uh, Had To, there's about a dozen on that alone, to something more stripped back with Billy, is it sort of a singer-songwriter type single or are other sounds going to get involved with that as well? It, it, it'll have like a kind of elegant, gentle feel to it, I think. And then, yeah, we'll probably just hit it at the end with a swell of loudness and uh, mm-hmm. catharsis. How about yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> I really like live. We'll get really soft and ethereal sometimes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's that song Purgatory from the first album which is, is long and has those multiple parts and it gets so dreamy in the yeah. middle there and like there's no rhythm or anything and like uh-huh. it's just kind of carried by the bass it. Yeah. and it, it just feels so good live. Yeah. And I really like my buddy Valentine. So like the more that we just like get into that, <laughs> that wash, it just feels really good. Yeah, that is such a good one. What is that plan for giving the live in 2021, 2022? I think our first priority is a maybe having a good long practice and uh, <laughs> setting up some local shows so we can get back into the swing of being on stage. And and then, yeah, I don't know. We would love to tour Australia. Yeah. We have plans <laughs> to go into New York City too, right, at some point. Oh, yeah. yeah. A left-field question to round out on. Do you think you'd be as successful as you are now, which you are, if you were called Heart Pocket? <laughs> <laughs> Heart Pocket. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't yes. go with that one. I'm gonna vote no. I think. I, I, you think? You think? Uh, yes. The heart pocket. It's good music. I don't know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Billy thinks that. Yeah. Okay. Heart pocket. Drew, is it true, as I believe Billy would suggest, I have good word of this, that there is no hi-hat on this EP? Why is that the case? Why have you turned your back on the hi-hat? I think I can explain pretty well, in fact, and, and I, uh, not to point any fingers, but Allie is a, is a very talented drummer who doesn't play drums. Vocal, like she, she is a, a rhythmic, the same way your melodic yeah. engine is working in there, she has a rhythmic thing going as well and so i mean had to is a great example <laughs> of, um, yeah. of 
you know, basically, you know, you standing on the opposite side of the drum set saying, no more, boo do 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 do. No, kind of like a, and, and yes. you know, just trying to talk Going out back and these thoughts. And so when I would play, when I would ride on a, on a cymbal or, or play hi-hats, especially, I think kind of instant, you know, timekeeping of that sort of breaks the ethereal vibe, I think. I mean, that's yeah. me putting words yeah. to, to your maybe feelings, but I, I think there's something to that. I mean, it's basically a metronome that's there and it works for a lot of genres of music, but it can, something that distracts from the rest of the melody, I think. Thanks very much Thank for you your for- time today. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So much. Yeah. Really appreciate your the amount of research you've been care you put into Seriously. it. Seriously. Blush Faces Ali, Evan, Drew, and Billy. Had to is the latest single with an EP on the way in the later part of 2021. Find them online at their flash new website at blushfacemusic.com. Thank you to our feature guests, Blushface. Next time, our feature guest will be Liara Ru, sex worker and author of the recent released memoir, Whore of New York. Radionotespodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. Theme music by Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Murch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia. 